0: good evening this is peter coleman i am a faculty member at columbia university i direct the international center for cooperation and conflict resolution here and i also uh, direct a consortium with beth fisher yoshida which is called the advanced consortium on cooperation conflict and complexity uh, which sponsors um, these uh, half-hour segments Uh, and tonight we have the pleasure of having aldo civico who is a Uh, professor at Rutgers University, but I met Aldo years ago when he was directing the Center for International Conflict Resolution here at Columbia University at the School of International Public Affairs. Uh, So, Aldo, welcome.
1: Thank you for coming. Thank you, Peter, for inviting me. And I want to say hi to everyone who is listening. To us tonight. <laughs> Great. So, Aldo, uh, you uh,
0: give us a little bit about your background. Aldo has a, a, a degree in anthropology, so uh, he takes up his work in a very specific way. Uh, but tell us a little bit about how you got to Columbia. And, yeah. And, uh,
1: well, I, as you can maybe guess from my Irish accent, <laughs> I'm uh, uh, Italian, and uh, and I came here to uh, New York in the year uh, two thousand with the idea of doing a master's degree in international affairs at uh, Klum University, I I was working as a freelance journalist. And when I came here, I ran uh, in uh, our colleague and friend, Andrea Bartoli, uh, fellow Italian as well, and uh, who welcomed me at the Center for International Conflict Resolution. And for me, it was, as a researcher, and it was, for me, very interesting because somehow he uh, introduced me to the field of conflict resolution, of which I had a very narrow sense. I thought it was related just to diplomacy, but not not more than that. So mm-hmm. something very official and very narrow uh, defined. Um, but but in knowing more about Andrea's experience, I realized that many of the things that I was doing in Italy, I was very active in the social movement against the mafia in Sicily. Uh, I was there working with uh, anti-mafia leader, Lelu Orlando, who is today the mayor of Palermo. Uh, and I realized I could that, that I could read my experience uh, through the lenses of conflict resolution and mm. see how actually empowering civil society, uh, the creativity that goes into that is actually an essential part to conflict resolution. So I I started, I, I changed my career and my field and um, again, I think and- Andrea gave me one of the, my, the best advice I got in my life and said, you know, why you don't do a, a PhD and why you don't do a PhD in anthropology? Uh, the reason being that Anthropology is a very holistic discipline, and, mm-hmm. and and conflict is very holistic in the ways it affects and it uh, generates, and in the kind of solution you wanna find. And uh, and b- without thinking too much about it, too much, you know, <laughs> I just trusted him, sure. and and I I dived into this uh, uh, field and. Uh, uh, and that's how, how how then I entered the field, both of conflict resolution and anthropology, and then I did most of my work, my field work in Colombia.
0: So you uh, how long have you been working in Colombia?
1: You know, my, my first trip uh, was in 2001, mm-hmm. uh, so it's a little bit more than uh, 10 years. Uh, and I went down to design my first ever conflict resolution workshop uh, in this tiny village on, on the border between Colombia and, and Panama.
0: How did you get... Uh, invited down? It,
1: or? It, well, it, it was uh, uh, if you wanted the methodology of the center uh, at least at the time, right? When yeah. you would just take any opportunity and you would learn by doing, mm-hmm. uh, which is also a great method. Sure. <laughs> and and a friend of mine invited me and he said well, you are affiliated to the center uh, why you don't help me w- with a conflict resolution workshop, designing and leading? And I went to Andrea and said, you know, I got this invitation and Andrea said, just, just do it. And, uh, and so I bought a few books and uh, uh, Andrea and others helped me to design it. But when I got there, that actually was a huge learning experience for me because uh, besides not having ever done it, um, what they told me is that because there was uh, there just a massacre by paramilitary had happened in that village, very tiny village. You know, we, we got there on a small plane, no roads. No, you know, you the only way to get there was this small plane. Uh, and because the community was traumatized by, by the violence, they told me, you know, uh, you cannot talk about conflict resolution and you cannot mm-hmm. talk about peace. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, you know, then wh- what do I do? That's why you called me. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and And that for me was interesting because I discovered that I don't have to have the solutions. Uh-huh. Right. But they have to create somehow the space where people themselves come up with the suggestions, and I might facilitate and guide it. Mm-hmm. And so in talking to some of the colleagues and people there, we said, okay, we cannot talk. Oh, of course. And then they told me, you know, you should not ask directly about the massacre, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. you, you never know who is among our audience and, uh, yeah, you know, people. You can like be je- enemies, them, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Then we said, you know, w- what we could do is why we don't, reconstruct rebuild the collective memory of this village Uh and we ask just people to share the memories what they heard from their grandfathers and grandmothers Mm -hmm. from their parents and what their own experience was Mm -hmm. and uh, in the hope that we create an atmosphere safe felt safe enough perceived as safe where people then eventually will also talk about the present sure and sure enough that's actually what happened there were beautiful stories i remember this woman who remembered the first time she actually saw a mirror in the village she Mm. always had seen herself reflecting the water of the sea Mm. and now finally she saw a mirror so it was a beautiful story and then another woman uh, and it's interesting actually that it was woman, women women who, who would be taking the courage of talking mm-hmm. about the present she shared the trauma of what happened the massacres mm-hmm. and and that was transformative and cathartic everybody would open up and everybody then dwelt for the rest of the day talking about that and mm-hmm. people would cry uh listening to each other but they discovered that the personal suffering and pain that they had concealed until that moment was actually a shared experience. So and this
0: is a pretty extraordinary first it endeavor was a f- You know, I solution. did
1: others, but it was certainly sure. the best one at least, maybe yeah. because I remember so vividly the first one, but it certainly taught me that, you know, your preoccupation is about creating that environment, that space of peace in the midst of violence. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to bring the solutions, you don't, you sure. know, I, but, but maybe the, the expertise stay stays in. Having eliciting those stories, sure. So that they Working can be with Catholic. wherever the yeah. wherever the yeah. village is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, you have um, in the last few years moved, taken a position at Rutgers University, yeah. and you've launched a new center there. Yeah,
1: I I, um, uh, I, I was there for a semester, and 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 uh, we were designing at the time uh, with my colleagues a new masters in uh, peace and conflict studies, mm-hmm. uh, rooted in social science and um and so i come up talking with my colleagues we 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 come up with the idea of creating this institute which with one uniqueness i think which is trying to look at urban violence and urban conflict uh a little bit because we are in newark which is uh, a city that is struggling mm-hmm. has been struggling for a long time uh with social conflict and violent conflict Uh, But also from my own experience, uh, especially in Latin America, and if you want my previous experience in Italy, Mm -hmm. I'm convinced that because of a dramatic change in uh, demographic change we are witnessing, you know, UN reports say that 80% of the world population will live in urban centers. Mm -hmm. We will play out our conflicts and have to resolve them in urban areas. Mm -hmm. It's increasingly so. And and I see in the public policy discourse very narrow definitions of security. We don't really have... Many times a paradigm that goes much beyond law enforcement and and, and punitive and repressive kind of methods. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's an issue left up to the p- to the police, and and I think that you know the police is important, but peace is too important to leave it just up to the law enforcement sure. system. And 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 uh, and sometimes because problems are systemic, that's also not enough as a form of intervention. So when I created this institute, we we said you know we will. Our contribution want to be towards, especially you know, privileging uh, urban uh, areas and urban conflicts.
0: So, now this is a center that that is sponsored by UNESCO or is developed in collaboration well, in,
1: with in, Um Yes, uh, we are uh, officially it's called a Category Two uh, UNESCO Center. Mm-hmm. Um, category Two means we, that UNESCO doesn't give us money, otherwise we <laughs> would be Category One. <laughs> That's the technical uh, difference but right. b- but but the beauty is that it actually r- requires uh, a very deep due diligence process uh-huh. um, that is started by the government to which the uni- to which your university or institute belongs in our case it was the state department who yeah officially had to uh, to ask us and it was a very good process in us to in designing and 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 for me also to discover m- much more in depth what actually UNESCO does in 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 the field of peace and i found that there was a, a um, unity of intense mission because UNESCO is about building minds women and men and on peace, around peace and a culture of peace. And that's very much what anthropology would like to contribute with and a university and our institute in particular. So it was a perfect mm-hmm, uh,
0: match. Mm-hmm. Now you've joined uh, forces and collaborated with uh, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, who he, is he, he, the
1: played, he played a very important role when we started because he was a goodwill ambassador uh, for peace uh, at UNESCO. East. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I just met him uh, a few weeks before he was appointed. Mm-hmm and uh and uh, we met at a conference in newark uh and i was on a panel with the uh, dalai lama and i just shared the stories of uh, the village of the spaces of peace and somehow mm-hmm. forest got intrigued by that and and so we said why we don't collaborate and and uh say i'm ambassador but i don't have a space yet my own space to to do this and sure. I say okay l- let's uh, let's partner and uh has been an venture since (laughs)
0: so is the focus thus far of the center mostly in new work or have you taken it elsewhere at this point
1: no we you know we uh, we are very small uh and 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 so and also because i think uh, there is a reason to do it methodologically we decided to start from where we were already doing some work uh not maybe as an institute but individually so certainly in in colombia Mm -hmm. uh, so we are present in medellin we are partnering with several people in groups uh, on the ground there, and we have uh, started to be present in, uh, in, in Newark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do it slowly, because Newark is also a very uh, complex area, uh, it has a very long history, and you want to be respectful of, of, of dynamics and uh, the history of communities, and so you, you have to be accepted little by little, so we are not rushing it, but we are present sure. there.
0: So, so let's talk a little bit about your work in Medellin. You mm-hmm. work with uh, young people there and violence there. And you describe your approach as a sort of systems approach mm-hmm. about thinking mm-hmm. systemically. What does that mean when you go into Medellin? How does that help you think about or work with youth and violence there?
1: Yeah, you know, I. The, the best way for me is always to to understand the stories of people, right? Especially the most complex stories, or the the ones that that uh, are not uh, clear cut between uh, good and evil, right? Sure. And and so maybe I sh- share you uh, a, a very recent story um, that helps me to think uh, about this issue. And it's the story of a uh, young boy, 16 years old, uh, Alex. I, I I didn't meet him personally. I met him through the narrations of his friends, and, um, and the fact is that um, this kid was killed a week ago. Uh, and he was not a saint, he was actually a, a member of the gangs. And um, his story is that he comes from a very marginal areas in Medellin, um, from a very poor family. Uh, at, at some point, uh, his cousin, which was like a brother to him, uh, was killed. Uh, and so he was, you know, even though very young, like maybe 11, 12 years old, uh, he was very resentful. Um, but he made a group of, uh, kids more or less his age, a little bit older who were urban artists, um, and, and were trying to use and are using actually, um, especially graffitis, uh, as a way of, as a cathartic way, mm-hmm. uh, as a way of creating different kinds of spaces. Mm-hmm. And so he, 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 he became very close to them, and, and it was transformative for him um, and, and uh, made him think of different scenarios and a different life. Problem is that uh, there was an economic crisis in his uh, uh, family, so they couldn't pay any more of the rent, so they had to move to uh, the uphills of Medellin, which in Medellin doesn't mean that you go into a good neighborhood, right. but actually to a very uh, difficult neighborhood. And there, uh, the boss uh, of a major gang uh, told him, "Well, I, I see you are struggling. Um, you know, I, if you want, I I help you, and uh, you work for me." And so he recruited him in in a, in a gang, and and Alex started doing the life of a gang, and and probably killed and and, and did other stuff, and 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 he was killed by a uh, uh, shop owners, uh, uh, by a shop owner um, to whom Alex went to, to for for some. Uh, uh, extortion money, mm-hmm. and uh, probably this guy frustrated and angry and uh, sure. had enough, and just shot him, and Alex died. Mm-hmm. And and for me, th- this is a very interesting story because then when you hear, you know, uh, Iron Feast, or uh, you hear politicians say let's increase the presence of the police, sure. my question is, what was would this do to the life of Alex? Would have done nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. life was already. Uh, tough enough, right? Um, you ask other questions. Say, okay, w- what kind of encounters did this Alex actually had with the state, which allowed him to have a positive yeah. relationship with the state and experience in the state beyond the punishment system, mm-hmm. right? So, we we see how his life was actually enmeshed in in uh, in conditions that, that are chronic, right? Mm-hmm. It's I, I would say that his life was more a clue into in something which is much deeper, mm-hmm. and. Uh, these dynamics within a system which need to be addressed mm-hmm. so, so you you see that for a certain period of time for example this group of artists artists worked as inhibitors in his own life but it saved probably an, a lot of other lives around alex sure. right yeah. um but you also see that there were attractors uh, uh, s- stronger in, in in his particular case that uh, took his way uh, his life away so uh, I think only by unraveling the complexity of this life, for example, we could think of what citizen security means in managing today mm-hmm. in a completely different way than, than just targeting, you know, gangs as bad and, and uh, the artists uh, who sure. are doing graffiti good and Sh- sure. uh, or, or s- entire areas uh, as taboos yeah. somehow uh, yeah. that we don't even want to visit, not even want to go. And, and instead there is a lot of creativity, there is a lot of life that needs to be highlighted.
0: Do you work there in partnership with with members of the government or with? I
1: I, yeah, I I do it with a lot of uh, different uh, uh, people. First, I do it with groups in in communities. I think it's it's a sensitivity that we uh, as anthropologists and uh, and I think as people also in the conflict resolution community try to have is to work together with community in Mm -hmm. in a very participatory process. Uh, So I try not to be the, the scholar who comes down from New York for a few days and then leaves, but actually you know, whatever is illicit that somehow is useful for a community there. So I would say that first and foremost, my priority is with this very simple, uh, I would even say powerless group of young people who are artists. Uh Um, Then I I work with uh, I collaborate with a foundation which was founded by uh, uh, famous Colombian artist Juanes, who is, who is a rock star and has this foundation very much involved in peace building, mm-hmm. uh, and they have uh, very advanced methodologies in uh, using education and the arts to do violent youth violent prevention. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's another uh, mm-hmm. channel and 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 space. And 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 I do work informally uh, w- with some enlightened uh, political leader, if you want, who tries to be innovative and. Mm-hmm. In the case of Medellin, especially the current governor uh, mm-hmm. is, 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 is such a leader that, that uh, uh, is looking at these issues in a, in a new way. He's a mathematician. Maybe that's <laughs> that helps. Sure. And, um, and yes, and, and, and I collaborate with them as well in terms of, of public policy, advice, and, and analysis and so on.
0: Sure. So, uh, so you're an academic, right? You're in a university setting. Uh, and the work that you describe sounds more like like community-based action, yeah. it sounds more like uh, policy, potentially policy mm-hmm. making. How, um, how do you do the, your research? How do you systematically study the kinds of uh, dynamics? Yeah. So
1: but as an anthropologist for me, uh, the method is absolutely to ethnographic work, right? right. So yeah. it's it staying in the field for a long time over a longer period of time, like for example, you know, doing, f- Fieldwork in sure. Medellin since 2003, me, me, uh, methodologically. Sure. Uh, and so, through observation, to taking notes, interviews, uh, and and all of that. And then, you know, thinking about it theoretically mm-hmm. uh, and see how the experience and the life uh, of people informs the, the, the theory and advance the theory. Sure. Uh, and then, you write and give lectures and seminars. That, that's, right. But I think that these arguments, these topics, are too important in affecting the life of people in a, in a too direct way to become only an intellectual and academic exercise. Sure. Um, and so for me, if you want the public intellectual dimension, um, though certainly at the beginning that sense, for example, I, I write a column every two weeks in a major Colombian newspaper, mm-hmm. is for me a way and an exercise also in, in translating the the academic language and and uh, uh, the temptation that we remain and talk among ourselves and we read ourselves and that mm-hmm. stays there, mm-hmm. uh, trying you know you know without to be too pretentious but yes to 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 try to affect somehow mm-hmm. or, or um, question uh, the world of public policy or even participating when possible uh, in those uh, processes. Sure. So I
0: have a uh, an academic question, which is that I know that there's a conflict or has long been in conflict in the field of anthropology between people that would say that you can study a a place, a situation and generalize from that to the human condition and others that say, no, all you can do is learn about this place at this time with these folks. And and so, (laughs) and do you, do you fall somewhere on that spectrum? Do you feel like you can study a neighborhood or artistic group in Medellin and, and, glean some insight on the human condition
1: around conflict or is it yeah it, it is it is true that as anthropologists, we are very cautious and prudent in doing generalizations right. uh, I realize that in myself I, uh, I I'm very particular when I talk about Medellin that it's not Medellin but it's actually that sector of a city where you see those sure. dynamics right. um, and 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 it, it is a characteristic of anthropology which I think it's it's, it's a valid one which you you, you study great topics uh but in, in small in the life of small people but in great detail mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. Uh, and then i think that that's really our our contribution i do think that then in conversation with others uh there is the possibility of insights that can be generalized o- otherwise we would not get to do public policy Sure, uh, we would just write beautiful narratives sure, uh, sure. And, and life history of people sure. um, so it is an effort but but i do see that sometimes uh anthropologists have maybe because they want to somehow conserve a certain purity of a discipline mm-hmm. right um they don't engage much for example in, in public policy mm-hmm. process there is you know sometimes the concern for getting taint sure um and, and it's a small there are people who do it as a small group people who do it now anthropologists who uh f- for example who collaborate with the with with the uh intelligence methodology with the pentagon and are embedded in war are right. You know, are, are strongly uh, uh, criticized, and and sure. and, I, and I have my critic too, right? Sure, but sure. but also it tells you that anthropology would be actually a great tool in many ways, and I would prefer to use it for peace building. Sure to suggest a different approach and a different point of view and then i think we need to be a little bit more courageous as a, as anthropology. for example you know in interesting. anthropology don't talk much to perpetrators you know if mm. if you only the study of political violence is very recent in anthropology mm-hmm. and the majority did it by lending an ear to victims mm-hmm. or when it's the case of perpetrators it's uh, revolutionary kinds of types you uh-huh. know it's it's uh, it, it's causes you can somehow sympathize you might not sympathize sure. with methods but you know liberation northern Ireland, or the basque country is something that you know y- you sure. can sympathize right? sure, sure with the really bad guy you know with the, with right, the right, gangs right. and with the with the with the parents yeah. it's 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 even more rare so mm-hmm. i think there's a lot uh and, and and there is a value in studying perpetrators and not uh only victims and mm-hmm. so yeah, i think there's still room for anthropology mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm to explore these issues and give a, give a contribution.
0: So what is your next project? What are you excited about working on moving yeah, forward? Yeah, so
1: you know, I, I, uh, uh, I've I been studying basically um, perpetrators uh, in the past 10 years. Uh, and uh, uh, that's also what got me involved in facilitating negotiations for a ceasefire in, in Colombia for a, for a few years and still close now to w- w- what is happening. Mm. Mm, but but by doing this, I really got interest in uh, this kind of young people that I was uh, mentioning to you before, like this urban artists that that, that have a sort of uh, an ar- anarchicality an anarchic quality basically because we are trapped between violent forces of organized crime and gangs and or guerrilla and parameters and so on but on the other hand also by the state because mm-hmm. uh, you cannot paint uh, with graffiti a wall and 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 so even the state is not really offering you uh, a lot but still they are trying to create this alternative world with other values a different narrative sure. different spaces and i've been intrigued by the creativity and by the strength of the proposal so i think I want to understand what is happening in terms of space mm-hmm. in these neighborhoods that are characterized by violence. But then mm-hmm. you have these young people, many of c- whom might come from from a history of violence, either as victimizers or or as victims. Mm-hmm. And they try to create a completely different paradigm. It's sure. not even, it's not even a resistance. It's sure. really a uh, transformation. It's really uh, wanted to imagine a completely different world and actually give life to it. So yeah. I think my next. Field work, my next research, also as a way to understand the possibility for peace in the midst of conflict, mm-hmm. uh, will to 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 hang out and to study these pockets, the, yeah, these pockets yeah. and yeah. these
0: spaces. Do you feel optimistic about the future ceasefire uh, of of the ceasefire
1: in? I, yeah, in I actually I actually think we are in a good moment mm-hmm. uh, in 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 Colombia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think on one hand the guerrilla arrived at a point where the leadership understands that we are not gonna. Overthrow power through force. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once an insurgency realizes that, there is a huge consequence yep. uh, in, in, in terms of why you are fighting and uh, why you are using violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that somehow, even though explicitly, but uh, because of the changes in leadership, the FARC guerrilla and also the ELN got to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, I think there is, on behalf of the present government of Colombia, uh, much seriousness in how you uh, design a peace process. We mm-hmm. uh, are working in team, for example. Uh, there has been a long effort of consensus building starting with the military. This is actually what is interesting. I think it's a it's probably a trend today, but it's a peace process that was designed uh, started being designed and imagined within uh, the Ministry of Defense with the collaboration of the military intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it has been quite um, comprehensive Uh, And inclusive Mm. from the state point of view, Mm -hmm. Um, and so there is enough consensus compared to other efforts before in Colombia Mm -hmm. uh, to have a confidence that the government is able actually to follow through the peace process. Uh, The team is very good, very experienced people. Uh, There is a former student of mine uh, on the team at Columbia University, very young fellow, very dedicated to his country. Um, So. Mm I think the circumstances, they promise. Uh, then we know when a peace process starts. We never know when and how it ends. Sure. Uh, so we hope it's that it will end well and, and in a reasonable short time.
0: I think it's interesting that the process started or originated with uh, within the military. I think that there seems to be yeah. more and more. There's a film out uh, called The Gatekeepers, which is... Um, a documentary film about former leaders of, of Shinbat, the the uh, basically terrorist, uh, uh, terrorism squad yeah. of um, the Secret Service of, of, uh, of Israel. And to a, a person they advocate, what they realize is that they're very, very good at winning battles and losing the war, mm. and that they're, the more and more efficient they get, the more ineffective they are ultimately yeah. at really building any peace. And it's an extraordinary thing that those directly involved strategically in the violence come to realize that it has no long-term gain.
1: Yeah and actually you know it's it's you you always have the the, the most radical people in the military like you have an insurgency sure. uh, who absolutely you know uh, try, try actually to be sabot- saboteurs of the, of the efforts but if you in the great majority those yeah. are the people who actually lose their lives right in yeah. the field and in Colombia they have been now fighting uh, intensively for the past 10 years and yeah. and if it's I- if for men and women who are in the field as soldiers? actually a very long time sure. and, and and the same is true for the insurgency yeah. and i think there is an empathy between combatants uh, and and uh, a sense of identification that is actually c- can k- be conducive to to yeah. it, it's something that as a in the field of maybe of the conflict social we should learn to appreciate more absolutely uh, like the anthropology should do m- more work with perpetrators mm-hmm. maybe we should also as peace builder not be too afraid of getting taint, uh, not by collaborating with the military. I don't think we have to do that. Um, but listening to their stories, to their point of view, and taking yeah. into account, uh, I think it's very important. I, I yeah. found it fascinating that in Colombia, a former retired general, one of the most uh, uh, um, tough ones, mm-hmm. was included in the peace talks. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I thought it was a smart move on behalf of, of the president, yeah. considering the history of Colombia. And the stories that we are hearing is that actually between the leader, the, peace, uh, the chief negotiator of the FARC, and his former generals, there's the greatest empathy. Mm-hmm. They're sh- uh, trading stories about if they were in the same fight, in the same battles, and it created empathy and confidence around the table. So, uh, yeah, we, we I, I think sometimes we ourselves need to be a little more open sure. and, and and recognizing that. Also, among the militaries this yeah. might be the interest of of. No, I think that's like a peace. hopeful parallel.
0: So thank you for your time. Our, our time is up, but thank you so much. I think your work well, is extraordinary. You. It is rich. It is grounded. But um, I look forward to, to reading the research as well and to, to generalizing, so hopefully, <laughs> from your… Well,
1: you have been always an inspiration, so I'm always happy to talk to you and learn from you as Great. well.
0: Well, thank you so much.
1: Bye.